When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is Ryan Archidak, and I'll shout out to the Bulls HQ podcast. All the way from Australia, we represent, and thanks for all the support. fans, welcome to another episode of Bulls HQ, a Chicago Bulls podcast on the Blue Wire Sports Podcasting Network. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Bulls HQ, and uh, what a weird, weird week of Bulls basketball that is. it has been, Bulls fans. I mean, coming out of the All-Star break, we were, we were kind of feeling quite good, at least I was at least. You know, the team was 16 and 18 for the first bit of the season, the first half of the season. The team was functioning really well, I was quite buoyant about it. I was happy where the, where the team was headed. I wanted the team to be buyers at the trade deadline. I was very buoyant and the Bulls were uh, showing signs. And then all of a sudden, out of the all-star break, they, they threw up two absolute stinkers of games and um, everything started falling around my world. I mean, <laughs> that's how fickle fandom can be, I suppose. The uh, it, it only takes one or two games of bad play and, um, you know, you know, the world implodes, I guess, from a Bulls point of view. But it's funny how that can change with a, win, a singular win as well. And uh, I'm recording this one straight after the Bulls just beat the Raptors. And like I said, what a weird and strange last week it has been. Culminated by, I suppose, the massive shift that Billy Donovan made to his starting unit last night, my time. So for, well, I'm assuming everyone's had a chance to get across that news by now that the fact that Wendell Carter and Kobe White have been uh, taken out of the starting lineup, put to the bench, and in came Thad Young and Tomas Sadoransky into the starting unit. And uh, lo and behold, at least after one game, it seems like it's the right decision. Now, that's a very easy thing to say, given the Bulls were playing a, uh, a Raptors team that was missing essentially their, their starting lineup. They were missing four or five players out of their rotation. So we need to keep that caveat in mind. But having said all that, based on what we saw tonight against the Raptors, Considering the changes that were made, considering where the team had been in their previous two games, getting absolutely embarrassed against a Sixers team that without that was out with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, 
and a Heat team that was without Bam Adebayo. The fact that the Bulls were able to sort of rebound here with a starting a new starting lineup again against a very depleted Raptors team, but to be fair, they were starting a lineup that has only played three minutes all season together. To come out and win by 23 points, I think, you know, that's a positive. That's a positive. Yes, a poor Raptors team. Again, it's very clear. I'm not ignoring that. But at the same time, the fact that Wendell Carter, I thought, had a really good game off the bench. The fact I thought that Kobe White is now in the right role for his talent, for his skill set at this point in time. I think, look, even as a big Wendell Carter fan, the, the, the change the, there needed to be a change. I would have liked to have seen Wendell remain in the starting lineup. I think it would have made more sense. But having said that, I had been long positioning Billy Donovan to to come in here and make some lineup changes. I'd been calling, I'd been screaming for a, a change to be made to the starting unit. The starters, which was just the five young guys together, that, that starting five was a minus 17 in net rating. That's that's horrifically bad. The Bulls are just spotting so many teams, a huge points advantage in the, the start of halves to the point where it was ultimately costing the, this team results. So there needed to be a change. Whatever that change was, there needed to be some sort of level of change. And I think Sadoransky for Kobe made a lot of sense. I've been asking for that for a long time now because I just always felt that the offense moved and flowed better with Sadoransky in the game. And in this Raptors game, I thought we saw that. The ball moved around. The distribution of field goal attempts amongst all starters and amongst all players really was at a level that I like to see. Like we didn't need a hero ball game from Zach Levine. I think the Bulls had nine players in double figures in this game. So everyone was getting involved. The ball was moving. The team had 35 assists on 44 makes. Like that is just, that's fantastic ball movement. That's not, that isn't to say that Sadoransky is the, the lone reason for that. I mean, he did have his 10 points, seven assists, six rebounds. But, you know, Thad Young being in that starting lineup is critical for that reason too. Seven assists for Thad Young. With with Sadoransky in there, with Thad Young in there, it enables more more, more ball movement. If you cut when you are playing next to Thad Young and Sadoransky, you're going to get the ball. And I think for that very reason, that's why Patrick Williams had a career-high 23 points tonight against the Raptors. He was just continuously cutting along the baseline, cutting through the key. And with unselfish players like Sadoransky and Thad Young, Someone like Patrick Williams is going to get rewarded for his willingness to move her off off ball like that. And that isn't a shot at Kobe White necessarily, or even Wendell Carter, to be fair. I mean, these guys are still young guys learning the game, but Sadoransky, Thad, they're experienced vets. They know how to win. They know how to play basketball the right way. And then they're just constantly wanting to move the ball. And when you have selfless players like that, ultimately, it's going to, to lead to just a better functioning offense. And I thought I thought we saw that tonight against the Raptors again, the caveat. This was a bad Raptors team. The Bulls really need to show that they can do this against better squads. And they do have a tough schedule coming up, so we will get that data set. But based on what we saw tonight, I was very pleased with how the offense functioned. We'll see if this defense can hold up with Larry Markkinen effectively playing center for the Bulls right now. I mean, you, you can, you can chop, chop and choose as to who the Bulls center is at right now. Is it Thad Young? Is it Larry Markkinen? I mean, opposing centers are guarding Thad Young on, on offense. So does that make Thad Young the center? I don't know. Ultimately, Thad Young is guarding some centers too. Lowry's guarding centers. So, I mean, it's kind of interchangeable, but it'll be very interesting to see how the Bulls hold up in on defense with this specific lineup change. But, I mean, the scope for them to be better on that end too with this lineup. So, with all that in mind, I think what Billy Donovan has done here, again, based on one game sample, it needed to happen. There needed to be a lineup change. He needed to blend his lineups a lot better than what he had been doing previously. Like I said before, the, all those young guys were starting. 
all the veterans were coming off the bench. It kind of felt like, I mean, Billy wasn't doing five-man, you know, subs at one time. He was chopping and changing, managing his rotation accordingly here and there. But we re- we rarely got minutes with Zach Levine and all the all the veterans. We rarely got minutes where it felt like every unit had a good combination of young guys versus veterans. I mean, the whole vet mob moniker was a thing because it, the, the entire second unit was essentially comprised of veteran players. But now at least, theoretically, and then based on this one-game sample against the, the Raptors here, I, there wasn't really a lineup at all tonight where I was questioning why this is happening, which it wasn't the case over the last previous couple of games. I mean, there was, there was a situation where against the Heat where, for whatever reason, Billy was running his four young guys, Patrick Williams, Kobe White, Larry Markkinen, Wendell Carter, plus Denzel Valentine. He ran that unit at the start of the fourth quarter against the Miami Heat, and lo and behold, that unit gave up a lot of points. There wasn't enough, enough experience out there against a very good pressing, zoning Heat second unit. And then Goran Dragic and that Heat team just took over and ultimately that's where the game was lost. Similarly, in so many games this season that we've seen, the, the Bulls young guys have gotten down big only for the veterans to come in and I guess rescue the team to the point where we were even wondering where the Bulls this Bulls team would be this season without guys like Thad Young, Sadoransky, Porter, Garrett Temple who didn't play tonight due to an ankle injury. But tonight, at least against the Raptors, it felt like there was no crazy weird lineup rotations there was no instances where we had Larry Markkinen and Luke Cornett on the floor at the same time like we saw against the Heat I mean was it the Heat or the or the Sixers I don't recall but essentially that happened in the last couple games we we never need to see that lineup again Billy no, no more two-man lineups that feature Larry Markkinen and Luke Cornett please but what we did see tonight was just a good balanced rotation and it's it's so much easier to balance your rotation when you are sort of starting a couple of veterans amongst some of the young guys, those young guys being Patrick, Zach, and Lowry. It's so much easier to stagger the minutes of Zach Levine and Kobe White when they're both playing in different units when one is coming off the bench. It's so much easier to stagger the minutes of Wendell Carter and Lowry Markman when they are playing in different units. So from that point of view, just, just from a coaching sense, like the, making his job easier... This decision made a lot of sense, but you know, functionally as well, this this lineup change makes a lot more sense for the Bulls if they are content on winning now, which as I've been saying all this time this season, I think the team should be trying to win now. They should be trying to buy at the deadline. They should be trying to actively make this team better this season. And I think the best way to do that based on the guys that are currently on the roster is to play the rotation that they're playing now, to play the starting unit that they have in place now, blending that in with the bench guys. Having Kobe and Wendell come off the bench, if that's the right thing for their career at this point, then let's do it. I think it makes complete sense for Kobe White. I want to see if it makes sense for Wendell Carter. And and I say that because Wendell is a player that needs to be built up mentally. He's a player that needs that external reinforcement. Someone getting in his ear and telling him, this is what we need you to do. You are good enough to, to perform at this level. The only thing that is stopping you, Wendell Carter, is you. Your mentality, your confidence, your belief in yourself. And I don't know if this move was done to send a message to Wendell Carter, to send a message to Kobe White. I I don't know. Only Wendell, Kobe, and Billy Donovan know the answer to that question. But you can't tell me that this move didn't make a difference to someone like Wendell. The way he ultimately came out in his first stint off the bench, this first time he's ever come off the bench in his his 112-game career to to, today, he just looked super aggressive, super confident, and was playing on instinct rather than thinking about the game. And that was super encouraging to see. And look, I've always viewed someone like Wendell as a high IQ player. 
someone who reads the game the right way, someone who sees the game the, the, the way Thad Young sees the game. But the, the, the difference between someone like Thad Young and Wendell Carter is Wendell overthinks it. Thad just plays on instinct. He sees the open guy, he moves the ball. Whereas Wendell is, is second guessing, you know, am I going to be able to thread the needle on that pass? I, I can see the pass is there. I can see my guy cutting. I can see Patrick Williams cutting along, along the baseline. But do I have the confidence to throw the ball there? Do I have the confidence to live with the fact that if for whatever reason the ball is turned over, I can come back and play that next possession? Do I have that mentality? And over the previous five to six games, it was clear that Wendell was getting in his own head. So if this move is something that is able to build Wendell back up, get his confidence back up, have him playing in a rotation that makes more sense for him for where his career is at right now, and if he can respond the way he did tonight, where he was completely aggressive, I mean, his offense in that first stint where he played that first eight minutes of the first half, or his first eight minutes of that of his first half, he was dominant on the block. Well, maybe not dominant. I won't go that, I won't go that far. But he was very confident. The play where he faked his own jumper, walked into a mid-range jumper and popped that thing and look so, it looked so effortless. He wasn't thinking at all. He just let that jumper fly. That was the Wendell Carter that we saw in the first 10, 20 games of his rookie season when he wasn't tarnished or hadn't gone through all the nonsense with Fred Hoiberg and, well, not lesser, to, a, to a lesser extent with Fred Hoiberg, but most certainly under Jim Boylan. It just looked like the player that, that, I, that I believe in, frankly. And I still believe in Wendell Carter. I don't think this benching is a sign of you know, what Wendell Carter's future means in Chicago. I don't think this is a sign that you know guys like Kobe and Wendell are going to be moved. I don't think this is a sign that they've necessarily recommitted to Larry Markin and that keeping him in the starting lineup, as an example, means that they're going to pay him anything big in free agency. Hell, maybe maybe he's not even here past the deadline. I, I don't think it's... I don't think we can make those calls based on this performance, based on this game, based on these rotational changes as to where things lie with these sorts of guys and their long-term uh, longevity within Chicago. I, I don't know what the answer to that is, and so much of it is going to be dependent on so much of what else happens around them. But I still believe in these guys that in the right role, on the right team, with the right support and players around them, with the right coaching, that they can be value players. They can be good players. I don't believe in any of these guys as star guys. I don't think Kobe is going to be a star. I don't think Wendell is going to be a star. I certainly don't feel that way about Lowry. I think they can all be high-end high end role players though. And that playing within the right squads, within the right lineups, that will help them from a developmental standpoint. So if I have to take my lumps and my, uh, my, my beloved Wendell has to go to the bench and that's the best thing for him, then I want to see it. Let's see it. And, and this is a, this goes back to Wendell now. It's, it's his turn to prove that he belongs in the NBA, that he belongs as an NBA starter. I, I certainly feel that. I still believe in him as a player. I think all his talent and skill is there. But the only thing that he's going to stop Wendell is Wendell Carter. So I'm hoping he's taking this demotion, this benching in a positive note. And it seemingly was after one game. Now, though, it's about continuing that momentum, not just for Wendell, but for the Bulls entirely. I mean, this was a good win, a 23-point win against a depleted Raptors team. It was a very solid performance. There wasn't a bad player on the court at all tonight. I mean, even Otto Porter Jr., his third his third game back from injury, he looked fantastic tonight. The Bulls just looked so much better when Otto was out there. I mean, he didn't shoot the ball efficiently, but it didn't matter. Just gave the Bulls... The Bulls just having another wing option beyond Patrick Williams, especially in this game without Garrett Temple. Like, it's just so huge for the Bulls to do that or to have that. I mean, Otto was playing small forward. He was playing power forward. That two-way versatility that he represents, it's huge for this team. 
So to have him coming off the bench and him supporting guys like Wendell and Kobe White off the bench, that stuff matters. It will matter even more when Garrett Temple is back. So I still think this Bulls team, despite those previously two bad games against the Sixers and Heat, I still think they should be trending towards trying to win as much as many games as they can this season. I still don't believe in trading Thad Young. I don't want to see guys like Sadoransky and Temple and Otto Porter moved. At that point, what do we really have? I mean, it would just be Zach Levine and Patrick Williams. Would, would, the be, would the Bulls be bad enough at that point to really bottom out? Would they be gaining anything more by taking another pick in their sort of five to seven range? With these lottery odds, and if you can't guarantee me that you know making the move on all these veterans is going to guarantee me like a top three pick in this draft, then I'm sorry. Then I I just want to continue to see this team growing, to see them continue winning, and importantly, just continuing to support Zach Levine in his development as a an all star. I don't want to have another losing season where this guy is questioning whether he should be in Chicago anymore. So keep trying to win, and I think this starting lineup is the first time all season where the Bulls have made it very clear that they're trying to win games. You couldn't convince me of that previously based on how the rotations were set up, based on how the starting lineup was set up. But now that you've got these guys starting, the blended lineups are happening just as I wanted. The veterans are in the starting lineup just as I wanted. Things are happening where it's sort of signaling to me that Billy Donovan is more serious about winning. The Bulls are more serious about winning and they've sort of paused the experiment on developing some of these young guys. I mean, it kind of felt like they were trying to have their cake and eat it too and trying to develop the young guys in that starting unit whilst hopefully winning games. And look, it's, it's, it's not really possible to do both. At least not in, in the sense that, you know, your, your, your young starting unit can come in and win your ball games just by itself. Like that, that's not going to happen. But maybe if you sort of have veterans in those lineups with those young guys, maybe maybe that can help. Maybe you can get some development opportunities out of there. Or maybe you can't. Maybe coming off the bench for Wendell and Kobe maybe stunts their growth a little bit. Who knows? Maybe that maybe that is a possibility. But I'm willing to live with that if that means we're best supporting Zach Levine at this point. That's what ultimately the Bulls should be doing. They should be focusing on building a winner around Zach Levine to retain him long term. And then I guess from a young player point of view, like the, the young guy that really matters at this point is Patrick Williams. So the fact that we saw him in that starting lineup tonight where, where he himself had four assists, like I mentioned before, was cutting off the ball, was featured far more in the offense. I think that's another opportunity here for the Bulls. The fact that you take Kobe White out of that starting unit, it gives, it gives someone like Patrick Williams more of an opportunity to be a playmaker. And we saw that tonight. The ball was in his hands a lot more. It felt like a more balanced attack where the Bulls had more creators in the lineup. So I think this now does feel like uh, it serves multiple purposes now. Like you can win games now. I think they're more, or at least they're giving themselves a better opportunity to stay in games early to win games. So from that point of view, I think they are set up now to be a more winning team. Obviously, the next couple of weeks are going to prove that. The trade deadline is next week, next Friday, next Thursday for you in the US. It's next Friday for me. So the Bulls essentially have six more games to audition or to sell. Arturis kind of showed us on, you know, this idea of being a buyer at the deadline. If you could just add one more player into this rotation, one decent two-way player, maybe there is real scope for this team to be a decent playoff team this year. I, th- I believe there is. I personally believe that. I-, I believe that at least. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I want to see that. And I think the Bulls can continue training that way. But this was a really encouraging game. It's one game against the depleted Raptors team. Again, I, we have to say that out loud. But based on the circumstances of where things were, the fact that this starting unit had only played three minutes together, they, I mean, they're still learning how to play with each other. 
So irrespective of, of who the opponent was, like we need to give this lineup some time to see what it can do. But after one game, the return was really positive, both from a starting unit and the bench. The bench was fantastic too. But let's see what they can do going forward. Next two games for the Bulls. I mean, you've got the Thunder on Tuesday. Like That, that should be a win. But I mean, the Thunder are a really scrappy team. I mean, that they are a candidate to be a seller at the deadline. Can the Bulls go after and maybe make a deal with the Thunder and go grab someone like George Hill to really shore up that backcourt? That, that would be an interesting idea. If they can't whatever grab their hands on Lonzo Ball, can they go get someone like George Hill? But, I mean, irrespective of if a potential deal exists between those two teams, the Bulls and Thunder play on Tuesday. The Bulls then have the Spurs on Wednesday before rounding out this week with a, a pair of road games against the Nuggets and Pistons. So four games for this week for the Bulls, which I don't want to say is going to dictate their season, but it may dictate what they do at the trade deadline. So if the Bulls can win a pair of games here, or maybe more than, hopefully more than a pair of games, if, if they can go three and one here and get towards or back towards 500, and this lineup changes that Billy Donovan has made now is a recipe for this team best looking and feeling more professional, not just over the first quarter, but over the, but over the full 48 minutes, then I, I'm still of the mind that they should continue to build and trying to win now. I mean, win now obviously doesn't mean win a championship. That's obviously not happening. Hell, they may not even get out of the first round. I would imagine they wouldn't get out of the first round, given that if they do make the playoffs, they're going to be a low-seeded low team. A team like the Sixers or, or Nets will, will beat them in the playoffs. But if the alternative is, you know, being the 10th seed, being the 11th seed, something like that, having the 10th pick in, the, in this draft versus maybe sneaking into the playoffs, getting some playoff experience, getting Zach Levine into the playoffs for the first time in his career, and ending up with like the 16th or 17th pick, I would take that at this point. I, I hope that's how the Bulls are thinking about this because there's only so much losing you can do. I don't want to see another full-scale rebuild going on. I don't even know if you can do a full-scale re- full scale rebuild given that you've got Zach Levine around. So let's keep building. Let's use the momentum of this game and see what the Bulls can... Let's see what they can do. But largely, I've got what I wanted. <laughs> you know, on this podcast, on Twitter, I've been screaming been screaming at Billy Donovan to make these lineup changes. And he has. I mean, <laughs> I didn't necessarily want to see Wendell go out, like I said. But look, if, if that leads to winning and that leads to this team being a better, more complete team over 48 minutes, then I'll take that. If that's what's best for this team right now, then I'll take it. I loved what I saw tonight against the Raptors. I thought the offense flowed just really, really well. The de- defense was reasonable. Let's see how it holds up. But more generally, I was just happy with the performance tonight. And given the context of where the Bulls' previous two games were, where they were completely just had zero effort, I'd have no idea what was going on with them mentally. I understand they'd just come back from an all-star break, but so did the Sixers, so did the, the Heat. Those teams didn't miss a beat. And they didn't miss a beat without, without, despite having, you know, missing all-star level players from their rotation. There was no excuses for those performances from the Bulls. So it's, it, it's annoying that we have to have this happen. It's annoying that, you know, Wendell Carter has let this happen to himself. If only he believed in himself a little bit more, maybe he, maybe we wouldn't have to be here, but we are. So let's make the best of it. So uh, I want to see the Bulls continue doing what they're doing. And I thought tonight was a real positive step. Hopefully went for Wendell Carter's career. I think it is for the, the right decision for Kobe White as well. He just looked more comfortable being off ball. Even in that second unit, he was playing more of an off ball role. So I think the uh, the Kobe White as a lead creator experiment is uh, is has been most certainly been put on the shelf this season for now, which is the right decision. But despite that, look, I'm encouraged, Bulls fans. I'm encouraged, and I hope you are too. Hopefully, you're you are 
I don't know. Hopefully, you're seeing things like I am. I don't think it's all doom and gloom. Are these guys, particularly these young guys, are they going to take this team to to the next level? I mean, is Kobe White, Wendell Carter, Larry Markin, are they part of the next championship team on this for this Chicago franchise? Probably not. Are these guys going to be star players? Most certainly not. They're role players in my mind. They're high-level role players, potentially, in the right role, in the right situation. They can be good. I don't know if that's going to be in Chicago or not, but let's just try, try to find the right balance right now. And um, I think that's what Billy Donovan is trying now. And fingers crossed, that's what leads, hopefully it leads to winning. But uh, look, I don't have much more to go over today. To be honest with you, I wasn't even sure if I was going to podcast today because my throat is absolutely killing me right now. But um, given everything that's gone on, given the craziness that continues to follow this team, uh, I just wanted to get on the mic and, and share my thoughts, particularly about Wendell. Uh I'm I'm sure he's not listening to this podcast. Why the hell would he be? But uh, Wendell, I still love you, my friend. I think you can still be a, a very good player. I still believe in you. I still believe in this Bulls team that they can go on and uh, do some good things this season. I think they can get to 500. I think I think they can get to the playoffs. And I think they need to prioritize winning to keep someone like Zach happy and to keep building that momentum behind Levine and hopefully with Patrick Williams showing some signs. In the second half of the season, I mean, if this is just a glimpse of the Patrick Williams we're going to get over the next 30-odd games, then um, good things are around the corner, irrespective of what's happened to Kobe, Wendell, Lowry even. Let's keep building. So, uh, yeah, look, that's all I have time for today. I got my wish. I got my lineup changes, Billy. Thank you for manipulating your rotation. It made a lot more sense tonight. I didn't complain once about your rotational lineups. This was good. This was good. <laughs> so keep doing this, Billy. Keep doing this, Bulls, and um, I'll be a happy boy if that happens. But uh, like I said, that's just about all for the pod today. Again, apologies for uh, maybe not being fully with it. Like I said, my, my voice is it's, it's painful talking right now. But nonetheless, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Follow me on Twitter for more Bulls takes. That don't require my silly voice at this point. So if you want to follow my Bulls opinions beyond this podcast, hit me up on, on Twitter at MK Hoops. If you want, if you want to follow the show too at Bulls HQ Pod. If you want to send me an email, if you want to link to the Bulls HQ Discord forum, send me an email. BullsHQPod at gmail.com. Of course, you can get in the DMs on Twitter as well for that sort of stuff too. But that just about does it for this episode of Bulls HQ. Thank you for joining me, Bulls fans. We'll hopefully be back very soon and uh, hopefully we're talking about more good news and more positive wins rather than um, some bad, bad performances like we saw against the Heat. But uh, here's to hoping. But again, that just about does it for this one, Bulls fans. Speak very soon. Rose Davis, historian and co-host of the sports podcast, Burn It All Down. And now I'm hosting the new season of American Prodigy, all about Black girls in gymnastics. For the last 40 years, Black gymnasts have moved from the margins to the core of the sport and changed gymnastics along the way. Now, they tell their stories. You'll meet trailblazers like Diane Durham, superstars like Jordan Childs, and everyone in between. Listen to American Prodigies on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.